in a world where corruption, lies, and hate hang over our heads like a dark storm cloud on a winter's night. The only hope for a new day is the age of authenticity. Join me for season four as we go on a mission to help 100 million people break out of isolation and into acceptance. We're going to come alongside visionary entrepreneurs, change makers, and thought leaders. We're going to crack this code together. An array of light and an age of authenticity is upon us. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Christopher Decker, for another episode of The Age of Authenticity. Today, we're speaking with John. John is a writer. He is an awesome human being, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> so could you could you speak a little bit to the topic of authenticity and, and how that's played out in your life, in your writing, in your work? Wow, that's a... <laughs> authenticity. Well, it's, it's what's allowed me to be a writer. So without it, uh, there's been many times in my life uh that i've had to you know i have you know authenticity has opened up opportunities and doors for me um i can think of uh so i started off as a social worker in my earlier <laughs> my earlier incarnations and i had decided to become a writer uh probably in i think it was about 2007 to full time and so you know i i didn't know as much about things as I do now. So, you know, I just, I started writing books, uh, magazine articles, and then I had this opportunity to, uh, I, I had a phone call one day, somebody had found me on LinkedIn and it was Bloomberg News. And so I had never written uh, kind of a, as a journalist ever in my life. And so they, they called and they said, uh, John Edwards, I don't know if you remember John Edwards, but he was a presidential candidate. And so he had been indicted for campaign finance fraud. And so uh, they needed somebody to go out there. They, they found me, they said, hey, you know, we just need you to go to the courthouse. So I had the opportunity to, to go. And they called me back a little while later and they said, well, we found a regular guy, you know, to, to do this. And I said, look, I said, you know, I said, give me, I said, I'm just gonna go there anyway. I'm gonna write this story for you. I'm gonna do it faster than your guide. Would you consider me for the rest of the, you know, even though I have no experience doing this, just give me the opportunity. I said, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. So I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I went there. I went to the courthouse. Uh, when you go into a federal courthouse, you can't take anything but a pen and paper. Um, I watched the trial. I wrote up the story. I, I ran outside uh, before any, anybody else, and I, and I called in the story. And uh, they took that story, and, the, and so they hired me for the rest of the, uh, you know, the rest of the time. Uh, to cover this trial for it was over a year. And so where the authenticity part comes is, you know, all of a sudden I found myself in a world I had never been in. And, you know, people would say, you know, what, you know, what journalism school did you go to? You know, who are you basically? You know, here I am, the, the kind of the new person. And I said, you know, I didn't go to an NHJ school, you know, or journalism school, you know, and I, and they said, well, how many articles have you written? I said, well, this is the first one. And they said, well, how long have you been a journalist? And I said, well, for about 20 minutes, you know, so, you know, so I had that opportunity. And so I think that people kind of took me uh, under their wing rather than me trying to pretend to be something that I wasn't. And so what that did was it opened up opportunities that I went out to lunch with some of the other, the, the you know, the other uh, 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 
news outlets. And so, you know, I went to uh, speak to somebody at New York Times and I said, hey, look, you know, I'm writing over here. I'm kind of a freelance guy. Would you consider me writing something for you? And they said, sure. You know, and I think the authenticity part comes, which was uh, with that is kind of this humble, humbleness of saying, look, I want to learn. You know, I, you know, I don't have all this experience I can write, but if you'll just give me the opportunity, you know, I, you know, I'll show you what, that, that, you know, what I'm able to do. And so there came this opportunity that, you know, eventually, you know, writing for the New York Times is kind of, you know, uh, high tier. And I finally got the call that I dreaded, which was from the, the, the New York desk. And, and one of the, the, the top tier editors said, well, John, you know, we don't really know how you started to write for us. He said, but, you know, you're not exactly writing in a journalistic style here. And we think you're in over your head. And I, and I said, you know, you're absolutely right. I am. I said, but would you give me the opportunity by, by taking some of the articles, kind of red lines, show me how I can do it better? You know, and I think he had, yeah, I think he had the intention of just saying, you know, thanks, but no thanks. But I think coming to him in a humble, authentic way was saying, you know, I'd really like to learn more. I'd really like to do this better. Uh, he did exactly that, you know, and I've continued to write for them uh, for a number of years. So I think that authenticity has to be there because uh, the majority of my work now is as I'm a ghostwriter. So I write other people's books. So in order for people to trust me enough to tell me their story, I have to be authentic. I can't pretend to be something. I can't approach them from anything other than where I am and where they are, you know, and that has enabled me to have not only a successful career, but it's allowed me to write successful books with people because then they can trust me, you know? So without that authenticity, you know, I, I, you know, other ghostwriters have asked me, you know, how, you know, how I've done my career. And I said, just talking to people and being real, you know, because people have that sense uh, that I don't have to brag. I don't have to say, well, I've done this, this, and this. They want to like me first, right? So in order for me to do work, people have to like and, and trust and feel comfortable with me. So that, that authenticity has absolutely been, I think, the key to me continuing to write and being successful at it. Because like I said, if I wasn't, I don't think I, you know, I think people wouldn't trust me. You know, they would feel like, you know, uh, they'd be wasting their money or whatever uh, to, to work with me. So I think that's just absolutely essential. And then in the writing, I tell people, you know, if you're going to write a book, just write it. You know, don't pretend to be something you're not. Don't talk in, in areas that you're not as much of an expert in. Just be you. Just tell your story because I write a lot of memoirs. And people are really reluctant, right, at first. They're like, oh, nobody's going to care or they're going to judge me. And I said, no, trust, you know, just trust the process here. And they've always appreciated what the response has been. And people will say, oh, my gosh, this is such a raw, authentic book. And that's what people are uh, what people are attracted to. So I know that was a long answer to probably a very short question, but that's that's kind of my take on that. Meeting people where they're at, being authentic has helped you in your career, starting out with doing what you said you were going to do which it sounds so simple as a formula, right? Right. It sounds in, insanely simple. I say, I'm going to do this and then I do it. I would argue that that's one of the hardest things ever. <laughs> I, 
I would agree because there's a lot of fear there, right? So if we are vulnerable and open to people, uh, there's this fear of, no, they're, they're looking for a certain kind of thing. They're looking for a certain kind of person. Um, and so we start to create a different story. And that's, that's where I think people kind of sense that's not, they, they kind of feel it. I mean, authenticity is a feeling too, right? So we feel that somebody's being open and honest with us. So if I think that you're right, it's, there's this fear of rejection. Like if I, if I went there, wrote that the original story and just completely bombed on it, you know, it was a lot of risk of feeling like a failure, but I had, at that point, I had nothing to risk because it was something that was kind of, it was an opportunity. So I think taking the authentic route was the only way to go and taking the risk, you know, because authenticity, there is a risk. There's a risk of rejection, of judgment. And, um, but I think that the rewards at the other end is uh, probably the greatest one is I can look at myself in, in the mirror every day, right? So I can say, yeah, I'm just, I'm being the best version of myself. Uh, and I'm being authentic with people. I'm not overselling. I'm not over promising. Because uh, I think that's where you get into trouble, right? So we try to create the narrative. Sometimes we try to create that narrative that we think people want to hear. We want to offer them something because we want them to either hire us or like us or whatever. But in the end, if you can't produce it, you know, you're not really truly being authentic. I'd rather say I can't do that right now or I can't do it in that time frame or, or, or whatever or even re, or even turn something down because I really feel like it's not in my wheelhouse uh, than to try to do it uh, and fail. And knowing that that's not going to be something I can accomplish. So, uh, you know, if, if I say, hey, I can write for this, I, you know, look, I, I may or may not, right? So I've gotten a lot better at, at writing certain kinds of, uh, you know, uh, uh, writing. Um, but I've always said, you know, I, I've always just come from where I am. And I think that's because if you don't, boy, you're, you're setting yourself up and you're setting them up too. Um, that if you feel that if you're saying that you're going to accomplish something or do something, or you're going to produce something and you don't, how long are you going to last? Not very long. Have you ever had to turn down something that was really, really hard to turn down? Hmm. Number of things, you know, sometimes I've been, I've been lucky enough to, uh, been offered, um, uh, to write, you know, celebrity kind of books and stuff like that. And so to me, it's like, oh man, this could be a real career changer, but then I feel like the personality isn't right. Or, you know, the timing isn't right. Or I kind of have this feeling of the, of the way it's going to go, the relationship, just because I've done this for so long that I've said, you know, I'm sorry, I got to pass. And, and I think sometimes they're shocked. It's like, you know, do you know who I am? I said, yes, I do. And that's one of the reasons I'm not doing it. But, um, but I think that uh, it, it sometimes it is hard because if I can't put my hundred percent into it, it's not going to do me any good. Um, that I could be dazzled by the shiny who this person is um, and just really, you know, write a really rotten book or, you know, and maybe they'd be happy maybe they wouldn't, but I wouldn't be happy with it. And I think at the end of the day, I do what I do for myself, for my family and to produce what I want to do, which is a great position to be in. I've had, you know, early on in my career, I had to take whatever I could do. But at this point, it's it's a because because I've built that that reputation that I can turn things down. Sometimes it's hard. It's like, man, you know, that would have been a really great boost uh, to my career, but it just wasn't it's just not worth what it would cost me. 
Yeah, you have an insane amount of artistic discipline. That's like, like amongst creative people, that's an enviable position to be in where you can turn down that work that would get you, I don't know, the exposure. Right. Do you know who I am? <laughs> Do you have any idea who I I could make you. Right. Well, you know, maybe I'm not interested in that. Maybe I don't want to be made. Right. Maybe I want to make, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that launching a book is like, at least for me, book number one, I want to do 12, at least in my lifetime. Book number one was like painstaking because to release it into the wild is, is this feeling of like, I could be totally rejected right now. Someone could just shit all over me. And, um, but I'm, I'm so happy I did get number one out because I, it's, it's, um, I think it's kind of a Stephen King philosophy. Just write 12 shitty pages a day. Right. Um, I was like, I had to get over my first terrible book and just get it out there. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can relate with that at all. Oh, and I really, I just admire your, uh, I, I don't need J school. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go do this. Well, what, what could they have pot possibly taught you in school that you couldn't have gotten from that objective feedback from an industry pro who was redlining your work? Like that's going to help you grow so much faster. Right. Right. And uh, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Writing the bad. So I'm releasing a book. It's my first fiction under my name. I've, I've done some, some other ghostwriting with some fiction and some editing. So my son, when he was younger was, 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 uh, uh, in the hospital a lot. So I wrote this book as a way for both of us to get through this process, you know, cause he was very, very young, very scared. So I just started writing them this story every day. And, uh, eventually he got better. He was released from the hospital. Fast forward, probably a year. He comes to me after school and this is kindergarten. He says, where's my book? I said, well, we mean, where's your book? He says, that book you wrote for me, he says, I told all my friends in school that, um, that uh, you know, that I, there was a book that, you know, because I did, I did feature him. So I made him kind of the main character in this book in which all the bad things that were happening to him was kind of like his magical power. So it was kind of helping him think about that it wasn't all bad. And so he said, you know, I promised them all a signed copy. So, you know, this is what you do, dad. You know, can you just, you know, get this book out? You know, that was three years ago. The book is finally coming out, you know, in the spring, but boy, it was a process of, I was so used to being on the other side of the table of, of editing and doing stuff. But boy, when you start getting those first edits of a book that you're like, you probably I never really intended to write, it was rough. I mean, you know, so it took me this long to finally get it to a position where I wasn't embarrassed to put it out, you know, in the world. Um, but yeah, it was just a process of rewriting and writing. And I think that's the other hard thing for writers is, man, once you finish that draft, you're like, yep, I'm done. And that's really just the beginning of making a decent book because then, you know, it's just taking other people's feedback and that's sometimes hard to accept, you know, of saying, well, maybe that wasn't the greatest way of writing it, or maybe you need to rewrite these passages. And I ended up rewriting this book three times. And that was rough, but I had to put in the work, right? Because at the end of the day, my name's on the on that cover. 
So if I'm not comfortable with what I'm putting out there, I have, I, to me, I have no business putting it out there. So that's, that's, it was hard because I had to be on, you know, authenticity is also being honest with ourselves that, you know, not every word I put on the paper is gold, you know, that I have to be able to, to accept the feedback so I can get better. Um, and I think the second, you know, it's going to be a trilogy now, never again, never intended to do it, but I think the, the second book is coming much easier because I learned so much from the first one. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's just a matter of just sitting down every day and just writing and just not judging and, you know, putting it away and, you know, going about it the next day. And eventually you get a book, uh, or at least a draft of one. So, um, so I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Hmm. Yeah. That, that moment of, okay, first draft done. Like I've got, I've, I've got the words, you know, first draft done. Don't you dare touch this because it's perfect. <laughs> you know, no, it's not. Um, and, and I, I think part of authenticity is that feedback and, and using feedback as, as fuel. Um, I've heard other people call it killing the baby, just kill the baby, get it done. No, you kill it. <laughs> Killing off your darlings. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's, that's tough, you know, but, and, you know, even writing for New York times, writing for Reuters and places, you know, I think I have this great story by the time I get the, the, you know, they, they send it back to you. Uh, and then I read what's basically what they've whittled it down to, you know, that's, that's a little rough some days. Cause I, man, I just spent, you know, eight hours on that and they took one sentence from it. Uh, but, but that's, but that's, to me, that's just part of the process. And so it, you're right. It's not for the faint of heart because you're putting everything you have into it. Right. So books are, are, are tough because if you're doing it right, there's a whole lot of authenticity and vulnerability that you're putting it out there and you're hoping that you weren't the only one that liked it, <laughs> you know, that you're hoping that somebody else gets something, whether it's fiction, nonfiction or otherwise. Um, so I'm starting to get reviews of my, of the book that I wrote for my son. And, uh, thankfully they're positive, you know, and it's interesting that the things that people are saying about the book, I never saw as I was reading it because we can't ever really get in the side, into the head of our readers. So it's just really interesting, the feedback that I'm getting back, which is positive, but it's, you know, you just never know, you know, and I'm waiting for that bad review, you know, and I'm prepared for that. Um, because that's going to happen. Uh, but I think it, you just have to be, you know, kind of honest with yourself, which is you put out your best effort. And if, unless it's your best effort, um, which means you're putting in the hours and I just, I don't want to put it out there, you know, and that's the other thing, you know, you're talking about turning things down. Sometimes if I don't feel like it's the best thing I, I could produce with somebody, then I don't want to do it. Uh, part of it is my reputation. What, what are those indicators though? Like what are the, I'm curious what your red flags are. Like what's, you know, what's something that you see where it's like, there's no way I'm touching that because you, you've developed a muscle here. Right. So I think part of it is, especially for ghostwriting, um, I'm, I'm the pen, you know, they're still the author. So if they don't want to be a part of that process, they want me just to interview them once. And, you know, two months later, I have a book. And it will never work because I have to have time. I got to have access to them. And if they say, well, I'm just really too busy for that, I'm out because they'll say, well, you know, can't you just collate these articles or something? I said, I said, no, 
And if it's going to be your voice and it's going to be your book that they will never know that I ever existed in the process, that when they read it, it sounds like you in their head, then I can't do it. And I, and you know, and it's not a matter of money at that point. It's a matter of quality because they're not going to be happy with the results ultimately. And, and I think that's where the muscle, so early on, I learned if I take on the book and it sounds like me, they're not going to be happy with that. I mean, it, it could be factually right, but it doesn't sound like anything they would have written. And so if they're not available or wanting to be a partner in that process, then uh, it's just not, it's not worth it. I know where that's going to end up. Um, I, you know, and I, and I have the one story that a lady said, you know, so it kind of, you know, send things back and forth. And so we had, a, I had an interview and so I kind of developed a chapter and the, I met with the client later on and she said, you know, that, that, that chapter was really funny, you know, and the things she said were really funny. She says, there's only one problem. I'm not that funny. <laughs> so I, she says, I hope to be that funny that day, one day she said, but for sure, I'm not that funny now. So I had to rewrite it. Right. So without that, without that feedback, you know, um, but she was also being authentic, right? Because she didn't want to put out a book that didn't sound like her or that would in any way indicate that that, that she wasn't, you know, doing it. Because, you know, I, I, if their name, and I tell them, I said, at the end of the day, your name's on the cover, not mine. So unless you're happy with it and it sounds like you and this is your best effort, then I'm just a tool that you're using to get to that finish line. Um, but if they're not if they're not available, and I I, I know early on, because one of the things I absolutely have to do, and which is tough during COVID, is I got to meet with them. You know, I got to get into their space, get into. So I usually fly out and meet meet whoever the, the person is going to be because I can't. It's hard for me to get a sense of somebody without spending time with them. And so now, of course, I have to do a lot of that over Zoom. But boy, you found that so many things about a person um, because we have this kind of mask we wear. But if I'm in your space, I can kind of see beyond that. Um, you know, if it, you know, if I'm spending some time with them or, or, or kind of in their area, you know, it, where they live. Um, and I think it's, it's an, always an interesting, you know, it really helps me get to an idea of who they are. But if they're unwilling to do that, again, that's a red flag of saying, well, you just want me to just take some ideas and write you a bestseller. Um, that, I'm not that guy. Well, let's let's flip this let's flip this switch um, from red flags to green lights. Like, what does the green light look like? I think the green light is uh, folks that um, well, first of all, you got to have a, a really good story, but you also have to be willing to again. Um, somebody will. This is a green light. So if somebody's telling me a story and they they go over something and they'll say, "Okay, I'm going to tell you this part, but it's not for the book." It's always a green light for me because I'm like, I'm about to hear the real story, right? But I think it's their willingness to then say, okay, I'll consider that. Because sometimes I said, you know, all that other stuff is interesting. I said, but that one thing that you don't want to talk about is really what's going to make your book. And when people have trusted me uh, on that, um, they've always been happy. And, and I have an example of that. Uh, there was a book that I helped ghost write. It was a, a, you know, some of the clients I can talk about, he doesn't mind. So he's a, he's a, um, an, an anchor in the Arizona, I think CBS. And so he wrote this book about addictions and he was, uh, he uh, had really bad drug addictions and sex addiction. 
And so he was this this icon within a number of different areas that he was a you know an anchor, and you know one of the things that uh, you know when he was little he had uh, he has really dark eyelashes and dark dark eyebrows, and so he got made fun of as a kid, and so they used to call him Mascara Boy. And I said, man, that's, that's, that's your book. That's the name. He said, are you serious? He said, that's, you know, it was kind of raw for him. And I said, no, I said, if you were able to put that out um, and just be that authentic, I said, it's a really kind of catchy thing, you know, because it kind of grabs people's attention, but it really is at the essence of being vulnerable and trusting your readers. And so what he did, he's an artist, he kind of makes me mad sometimes because he everything that he does, he does really, really well. So he's also a, this visual artist. And I say that uh, laughing because he's a really great guy. And so he drew this, he painted this picture overnight after really thinking about it. And it be, ended up becoming the cover of his book. And it's just basically a picture of like his eye and it's crying. Um, and the responses to his book have just been amazing, right? So, because of course, he wants to do book two now. Um, but I think it's because people say, you know, your story's raw, your story's authentic. And some of the stories that were the hardest for him to tell were the ones that people respond to the most. Because the rest of it they may have heard of, and, you know, he could have made a very, you know, it was a risk, too. Here, here was the risk. He was talking about all these addictions and all these things that he did, and sometimes graphic detail. Yet he's still the anchor, so he could have lost his job over it, right? But they embraced him, which was very fortunate. And in fact, he came back to he came, he had left Arizona. He came back to Arizona, got a better position, got more pay after they read the book, and that was before the book was even released. So he took a risk writing that book, um, and being you know the face every night that people see in Arizona. And I, I love when those stories happen where you open up and then you're afraid people will run away from you and instead they come closer, yeah. you know, and, and what a beautiful story. What a beautiful story. I mean, to, 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 to be in your shoes, you, you're developing such an intimacy with these people and I, I almost couldn't imagine writing a story like let's say you know my like a, you know i almost could not imagine not having you to do that <laughs> because i don't know if i could get out of my own way and that's tough and i think that's that's the whole thing is that we do get in our own way we you know and i think there's a reluctance you know for a ghostwriter because they feel like it's not in some way they're cheating the system. And I said, you know, I could probably fix my toilet. I could probably look it up on YouTube, but man, I'm going to hire a plumber if I really want it done. Right. You know? So I said, I'm just, I'm just a service to help you because I write these books all the time. So I'm just, this, but ultimately it's your story. It's, it's the way you're telling it. I'm just able to translate. I'm able to pull it out. See, it's not just the words on the page it's pulling out the stories that that's where, um, I think people get the most benefit is somebody else kind of challenging them sometimes of just saying, Hey, look, tell me more about that. You know, tell me more about what you just said. And that's hard for us to do to ourselves. Right. Because we're like, yeah, no, I've hidden that for you know 10, 10 years. It's better, better, better left hidden. 
And then they see when they start shedding light on it, they're like, okay, you know, I, I kind of trust that, you know, that this, that people are going to respond. And I haven't had one come back and say, oh my gosh, John, this, this completely ruined me because I would say to them, you know, if you're not comfortable, also, you know, again, your name's on the cover, not mine. So you have, you have to make the choice. I'm just going to present it to you and, and, you know, in the written way, and then you can decide whether to keep it or not. Most people say, and, and then they'll start sharing it with their friends, right? And their family, like, oh yeah, this is great. So yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 there is an advantage to having somebody kind of pull that out of you um, because you're right. We get in our own way a lot. Um, so I, I, I totally agree. What keeps me in business? I think I'll be I'll be doing it for a while. Oh yeah, you, you I I can I mean I can really tell you enjoy what you do. Absolutely, like you sound fully integrated. You're in your zone of service. Um, you you. I mean, it, what a beautiful life to have discovered your talent and and to be doing that. Well, I, I'm pretty sure we could talk about this all day. All right. um, and I I. We have a diverse audience. We have a diverse group listening to this from entrepreneurs to other artists to performing artists, musicians, you name it. But there's 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 a lot of core here that that we that we um, unearthed. And I think one of the most important ones was, you know, taking that risk. Um, But then getting the feedback from that and not taking it not taking it like it's the end of the world. It's, it's, it's some feedback and, and this is going to help you get better. I did. I, did I catch, did I catch that? Right. Are there any closing thoughts that you have? Um, you know, I think that I think in the world we're currently finding ourselves in, you know, which is kind of a topsy turvy kind of chaotic world. Um, I think authenticity, especially in the world of social media and stuff is so important. That, that we, because we can put whatever mask, we can put whatever icon out there, you know, we put whatever picture, we can create this story about ourselves. But I think if we can just be authentic to ourselves, that kind of show, that kind of shines out to the world. And it really draws people and it draws the right people to us. Because sometimes when we write the, we write a different narrative out there in the world, we attract the wrong people to ourselves, right? Uh, so I think, when you're authentic and take a risk, the benefits are, you know, it's scary. I get it, man. I'm scared every day. Right. Uh, I, I was a musician, so I played piccolo in a symphony for many, many years. And, um, there's nothing scarier than that moment that I have to hit that one note in a live performance. So I get it. Right. So, you know, it, it never got better, <laughs> never got any less scary, but I think when we, 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 but I think that the world really needs that because, you know, the truth is the truth, right? And and we are who we are. And I think that people respond and we can really get to connect with one another when we can be that that level of authentic. Let's let's say there's someone in the audience today that is just thinking, John, I am that person. I need your help writing my story. Mm-hmm. What what do they do? Uh best way to it's just to send me an email, you know, just, uh, um, and I don't know if you can post that, but it's, uh, John at John P my last name's Paragene. So it's John P writer.com. Uh, try to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, so I, that's the best way, you know, and we can discuss it. 
You know, I, I'm willing to help. And here's the other thing. I'm willing to help anybody with what I know. I get paid for what I do, but I give away what I know. So if somebody's saying, well, you know, I'm having a hard time deciding on how to publish it. I mean, I'll spend the time and just talk you through it. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to share that. Um, but then if you want to hire me, of course, that's a, that's a different kind of situation. But I, I, I really want to see people succeed um, because I know how that feels. So I want to share that with, with others, uh, you know, in, in writing a book. So that's the best way to get a hold of me. This is Chris Decker of the Age of Authenticity podcast. Thanks for listening. If you got anything out of today's episode, rate the show. Leave a review. Send me an email, Christopher at salescast.co. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's a great place. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Take care.